Well, hey, you know what? I'm excited. Youth are excited. Got back from camp, fired up. God's good. I am really excited about our, our youth pastors. Yes, sir. You know, they, they are, work hard with these youth, and I've seen them actually, you know, sacrifice their time and go out and, and take them places and do different things with them. I am so thankful that God has blessed us with people that are willing to invest in their lives. And so let's just uh, give it up as Calvin comes and ministers to us. Happy way. Well, you know you hate to be your own sermon illustration, you know? But something happened this week that, as a matter of fact, Jonathan called me, I think it was Monday, said, well, how's camp going? Well, last year... I had this dean, we called him the Gestapo. I could not do anything right. Everything I did was wrong. Needless to say, by the end of the week, me and him were not on speaking terms, you might say. Now, I did do my godly thing and told him Friday I appreciated everything he did, but it was only from here. It was not from here. (laughs) So first thing Monday morning, we get in camp, and we're checking in, and lo and behold, my packet says, Dean. (laughs) So guess who got to play the Gestapo this week? (laughs) Oh, it gets better. It gets better. Not just one dorm, which is four rooms with 15, 16 people in it. I had two dorms. Yeah, he did. Man. And it was like, God, you're spanking me here. I I don't like to get spanked. Y'all don't either, I know, but let's just say I was spanked this week. As you can tell, I'm not sitting. I'm standing. Uh, Well, I'll get into that in a minute. I have something that I need to tell the church. I am in love with another man. His name is Jesus. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, Yeah. I have lots of notes here. The reason... The reason being is... I... I may be thinking about something... And it's gone. I can be saying something in mid-sentence... And it's gone. Forever. I mean, it's gone. It's just gone. So, you'll catch me looking at notes today. That's okay. Uh, When I test, I test bad. I keep thinking that they're trying to trick me. And so, I I know the answer. It's the question I don't understand. But but anyway, we're going to get through this today. I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. A little bit about my wife. A little bit about your kids. And a little bit about you. When I was 19 years old, Debbie's dad was preaching on a Wednesday night. 
And it was in the book of Psalms, I remember that. I've got it wrote down somewhere. And uh, God was calling me to the ministry. So I went down that night, and he said, well, Calvin, you need to talk to the pastor. Okay. So Thursday morning, bright and early, this long-haired, motorcycle-riding, dirty, blue-jeaned kid shows up at his pastor's office. And I said, uh, the Lord's calling me to the ministry. And the look on his face was like, you are kidding me. And he says, this is a true story. He says, Calvin, I think you should sell insurance. I think you should do anything, but I think you should stay away from the ministry. Well, you know, him being the godly man that he was, I thought maybe God told him something he didn't tell me. So for years I ran. Years. Uh, Debbie and I have actually worked with you our whole married life almost. Matter of fact, uh, she did all the talking. All I wanted to be was the fun guy. That's it. I wanted no responsibility. As a matter of fact, when I came here, if y'all remember, I sat right back there. I wanted no responsibility. Hmm. Yeah, well, you can say that now. I wasn't saying that then, I'll tell you. Uh, so, let's see. I got my warning label out. Uh, we're going to be talking about several things today. And I guess if I was to call a message, and I don't name messages, but I would call it all shook up because we are going to be in a whole lot of places. Uh, I'll just tell you a lot of this comes from just my observation uh, we are a godly church no doubt about it but we are still not there we are still not there Matthew eighteen twenty says where two or three are gathered in my name there I am in the midst of them do we believe that? if you believe that raise your hand we all believe that right? Wonder what he could do in the midst of a hundred of us. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What right. could he do? Yeah. What could he do? Yeah. He uses people. You, me. He uses children, let me tell you. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I hear people say that uh, they don't see miracles anymore. Oh. Watch a little baby be born. That's a miracle right there for holes in the heart to, to close and lungs to expand and everything that has to take place. That's a miracle right there. People are being healed from cancer. Knees are being healed. Okay? And I'll just say this right now. No, I won't because I'll cry. I'll hold off. Uh... You don't believe me. I'm a crybaby, especially... I have some friends here, by the way. Uh, Stephen and his wife. Man. I've got Courtney back there, and I've got Shelby back here. Man. I don't think anybody else is here, but most of them have been to camp with me, right? 
I don't think, no, you, Courtney never was. Stephen has, I know, because, oh, we had some long talks at night, like till <laughs> 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Thursday morning, we had a prayer service. Of course, I was doing my Gestapo duties, so I didn't get to attend. Your kids, my kids, lifted me in prayer for my knees. Uh, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot to an old man uh, when his kids think about him. And I wasn't even there, so that really means a lot. If I'd have been there, it'd have been a little bit different, but I wasn't even there. So anyway, thank you. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, it says this. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So, so, so shall the barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. You know, we all know to give our 10% of our money, right? Our gross. We give 10%. I mean, uh, I know Debbie and I have done it since... Forever. I mean, I pay the church before I pay my bills. And if you go back and look, I made $88 a week when we first got married. If you go back and put that on paper, there is no way that $88 would have paid all my bills and my tithes. But you know what? It did. It did. But it says with thy substance... What's our substance? It's everything about us, right? Isn't that what substance is? So I ask you this. Would you rob God? Would you rob God? Most of us would say, well, I'd never rob God. I did some figuring. 10% of an hour is six minutes. That's not very much, is it? 10% of a day, two hours and 40 minutes. 10% of a week is 16 hours and eight minutes. Do we rob God? Do we rob God? I'll tell you, normally when I come in the house, the first thing I do is I grab my scepter and I turn on my tube. That's what I do. I came home from camp and didn't even touch it. The whole day. All day Friday, I don't think we ever turned it on. Don't rob God of your 10%. And I know, six minutes, an hour... Two hours and 40 minutes a day? We'd have a good relationship, wouldn't we? Yeah, we would. So, uh, let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8 through 11. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. 
To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. You and I, as we will. Uh, Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Every one of us have at least one of these. At least one. And maybe more. Maybe all. Uh, I know... uh, I think about sometimes the... You know, when someone comes down here to, to get healed, it's usually... It's usually a, I don't know, a heart, a foot, a knee, you know. What about broken marriages? What about broken marriages? You know? What about husbands and wives not getting along? I mean, I know, I know it's embarrassing, but what better place to bring it than right here? Right here. Uh, you know, no one said being a Christian was easy. I know uh, following Jesus is easy, but being a Christian is very difficult. If anyone has ever told you being a Christian is easy, they lied to you. Because Satan does not like you being doing what God wills us to do. I'm telling you, and he tempts every one of us different. You know, I can come up and down the stairs... I don't think I can jump over this. I don't. But if I had Stephen come up here, I bet he could jump over it. Or one of y'all, well, maybe not. You probably could. But I can't. I'm not going to try. And that's how Satan does. You know, Satan tempts us. Satan's not going to tempt me with trying to jump over this because he knows I'm not going to try it. You know, but he will tempt me. Just in different areas. So it could be pornography, it could be just whatever, you know? So, anyway. Ephesians 6.12. Now we're going to skip gears here a little bit because, and this goes along with what I think you're fixing to do. Uh, what did I say? Oh, 6.12, I know. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. So, when we have our uh, our fruit, our not our fruit, our what I was just talking about. See, that's how this works. Just, Gifts, thank you. When we have our gifts, that's just a part. You know, I'm a police officer, and most of y'all know that. Uh, I put on a vest every day, and I pray that I won't need it. Every day when I put it on, I put on a gun belt, I put on boots, I put on my 
Well, I put on my pants for him, but, but anyway. <laughs> I get dressed, okay? But what good would it do me if I left my vest off? Or I didn't put my gun in the holster? I have to have all that. In our Christian walk, we have to have the armor of God every day to fight. Not flesh and blood. If we fought flesh and blood, that'd be easy. Because one, I don't fight fair. But when it comes to spirits and principalities, you better be prayed up if you fight them. I'm telling you right now. Uh, oh, mercy. Somewhere I missed something. Let's go back to healing for a second. I, I, see, I just, I even can't even put the papers in row right. <laughs> Debbie and I took some youth roller skating one time, and she had pulled up behind me and grabbed me or something. And when I turned around, she was on the floor holding her arm. And I said, what's wrong? She said, I broke my arm. I said, yeah, okay. Well, let's see. So she moves her hand, and her wrist was about that far out from this part. And it was up two inches, and her hand was up here. And so... Of course, we went to the emergency room, and uh, I remember the doctor telling me that uh, Debbie had never played the piano again. Uh, she went through all of her therapy, all of her physical therapy, everything. Her, she couldn't feel her fingers, uh, and so they said, this is it. It is what it is, and I, I remember Debbie telling the doctor, well, you don't know my God. And uh, where we were going to church at that time, they called Debbie down. I believe it was a Sunday night, wasn't it? So, of course, people were down. And, you know, in a Baptist church, you don't lay hands on people very often. That's not, that is not normally the norm. But they did. And it wasn't a week or two weeks or a month later, her arm immediately began to tingle. The following Sunday, she got up and played the piano and played to God be the glory. And everybody was going, wow, she plays better now than she did before she broke it. And you can stand up, Debbie, and turn your hand this way. Your other, is that the bad one? Now go like this. It was supposed to be 60-40. She lost 60% this way and 40% this way. And then, of course, her fingers didn't feel. But, you know, she can play, slap. She can go off. No, no, she don't slap. She, she better not slap me. Uh, no, she wouldn't slap me. She loves me. In Second Chronicles is one of my, it's not one of my favorite verses, but it's something that I was lucky enough to see personally. It's found in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. It says, It came even to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices, 
with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and praise the Lord, saying, for he, is, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud. And I really like this next part. So that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. You know, I've seen some things go on here. I have. I have seen some things go on here. But when we are all in one accord, I mean all in one accord, we're going to see more things. We're going to see healings. We're going to see prophesying. And can you imagine if, if people started coming here and started getting healed for cancer or, or broken bones or, or marriages or whatever... They'd be lined up back. They'd be lined all the way to Dobbs trying to get in this place wanting to know what's going on. Whether it be real or whatever. They don't know. They may think it's fake, but you know what? Even if they think it's fake, if it works, they want it. You know, we tell our kids all the time, the kids outside here, they're, they're just looking to be loved. It doesn't matter who loves them. If the church doesn't love them, they'll find somebody who will. It may be Satanists. It may be... Uh, drug dealers, but somebody will love them if we don't get to them. So, you know, if we come here on Sunday and, you know, we, we come here for an hour and a half and we put our money in the offering plate and we go home, you're going to get exactly what you paid for. But if you come here expecting healings, if you come here expecting miracles to be performed, it's exactly what we're going to see done here. Uh, prayer. <laughs> you know, I don't pray out loud a lot. Like, I mean, if I'm called on to pray, I pray. I, I'm a firm believer in praying without ceasing. I can do, I, unfortunately, I can multitask. I can drive a car and I can pray. Uh, now, I can't drive a car and text. Well, you're not supposed to anyway, but I can't do it anyway. I'm not very good without, you know. Uh, prayer is a very important part of a Christian walk. That is where our relationship comes from. If uh, I only talk to Debbie two minutes a day, what kind of relationship will we have? But if I only talk to her once a week, or once a month, or on just Easter Sunday, what kind of relationship would we have? Not a very good one. Not a very good one. You know, I got to marry uh, Kara last night. That's Andrew's best friend, and y'all's, yeah, your granddaughter, and your niece. Niece? Niece. Yeah. And, you know, I've known her, I guess her whole life. Where is Andrea? Have I known, how, I've known her a long time. High school, okay. Well, that's not as long as I thought it was. But, but anyway, you know, that marriage will not work if it's not based on God first. God has got to be our main priority. My wife knows. My kids know. My, they know who, what my number one priority is. They also know two, three, four. And it was really funny because they actually preached on that 
at uh, camp this week, the priorities. And me and I think it was Chase and somebody, oh, speaking of Chase, I got to tell you a quick story and I'm going to get lost. This is one of them left turns I was talking about. <laughs> Work camp and I'm working the concession stand, right? And this little kid comes up and I want, you know, whatever. We don't have that. And he says, oh, well, I want this. I said, we don't have any food. Well, I want a hot dog. We don't have hot dogs. Well, then I don't guess I want anything. I said, hey, I got a question for you. You used to die right now. Where would you go? I don't know. I said, you want to know? Yeah. I said, heaven or hell? Oh, I don't think I want to talk to you. <laughs> and he walks off. Well, Chase is standing there. Well, later that, I guess it was that afternoon, Chase uh, started talking to some guy, and I'm out doing my Gestapo duties after church, making sure none of the kids goes past me to do anything that they shouldn't be doing. And, of course, all of our kids sat right around me. We, they couldn't have got by me very easy anyway because there's a big crowd there. So Chase comes over there to me, says, Calvin, come here. And so I go over there. He says, uh, can we pray for this guy? I said, well, sure. So I asked the guy, I go, what's going on? He says, well, I'm a Christian, but he says, I'm just not doing the things that I should be doing. He said, and your protege caught me this afternoon and told me to come to my cabin if he wanted to talk. So he said, I came. And I thought, wow. So me, Chase, and two other guys that was from another church, we all stood right there and we prayed for this young man. You know? Anyway. Prayer. Uh, when we pray, we need to remember where our prayers are going. You know, uh, I believe that prayer is a privilege. It's, it's not just something that we should wantonly, you know, oh God, thank you for, you know. Uh, we're going to the throne room, the very presence of God Almighty where Abraham's prayed, Jacob, David, even Jesus himself has prayed. And all those, I, and this is, this is Calvin version, I just seem to see, I, I tend to think that our prayers go up, and as our prayers go up, they turn into smoke. Like, you know, they used to talk about incense burning, you know. And when my prayer gets into the throne room, it's just this aroma, you know, a sweet aroma how I see, see my prayers. And so, when we pray, we need to remember who we're in the presence of. It's not wantonly, we should be reverent. I'm not saying we should say, oh God, thou art, you know, I'm these and that. I'm not talking about that. But we should be reverent. Always reverent. And so, the one of the, the problems that I see in, today is, is that... Uh, People are praying, and I'm not talking just Christians, I'm talking about people more outside the church. They pray, but they don't realize their prayers are not going any higher than the ceiling, because you see they have sin in their life. My God cannot look at sin. He could not look at His own Son hanging on the cross because He was bearing my sin. So how can we think we can pray and He will hear us when we have sin in our life. It doesn't work. 
It just doesn't work. So we, you know, we always have to keep that sin. Now, am I saying that I don't sin? I'm not saying that at all. But I also know that when I do, I catch it because I know I shouldn't have done it, and I ask for repentance right then and there for it. Okay? So, anyway. Okay. So we covered prayer. We're moving right along here. Uh, And I hadn't even talked about camp hardly at all, have I? Uh, During camp this week, uh, I saw lives changed. I saw these kids fired up. You even saw them come down here. Did you notice that? Did you hear them clapping for you? Did you hear that? That means they don't care. It means it's all right. You hear that? I asked them the other night how come they went down front before the praise team ever started while they went down front and they didn't do it here. You know what the response was? They were afraid of what you thought. Yeah. See my tie? You see their t-shirts? I was going to wear a t-shirt too, but you know why I didn't? Because I was afraid of what you thought. Shame on us. Shame on us. No, I'm not getting at you, by the way. No, I'm not. Spank, spank, spank. No, no. I know, I've been to church camps for a lot of years, and I know, kids, you're on a high right now. And it's very difficult to stay there. I, I even would go on to say that Satan has already attacked you since Friday. Because he has me. He does not like what's going on. I'll just tell you. He does not like what's going on. These kids know how to worship, y'all. Contrary to belief, they really do know how. And they know how to pray, too. Don't, these are good kids. These are good kids. They don't go through what you went through. It's a lot different now than when we were in school. Uh, even taking, uh, let's just use a marijuana cigarette for example. When I was going to school, uh, it was nothing. I mean, it was nothing. Now they lace it with stuff. It's so much more potent now than it was then. The things, the, the, the trials that they go through is nothing what we went through. I remember Debbie telling Andrea when we went from private school to public school, just hang with the good kids. And she'd say, what's the good kids? Well, the cheerleaders and, you know. That's not the good kids. That's not the good kids. They have a tough road to hold. And it's, it's harder for them to be a Christian than it is for us. You guys need to remember them in prayer constantly. Lift them up because they need it. They need it. And they're trying. They are. They're trying to make a difference. They really are. They're trying. But it's very difficult. Well, I can't believe I can walk around. <laughs> uh, 
they, they don't live in a black and white world as we do. They live in a gray area, which is quite unfortunate because you all know as well as I do, and they know as well as we do, that it's wrong for a guy to go into a girl's bathroom. So, uh, at one point at camp this week, uh, they told all the youth pastors, say, hey, raise your hand, and you know, I don't know what they were doing. And I was sitting there, and I thought, eh, I'm the Gestapo this week, I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> well, my knees hurt, so I was definitely, they made me work two hours in that stinking concession stand, that killed me. Anyway, so, so I'm sitting there, and uh, I feel a hand on my back. And it was Debbie, and I, I know what her hand feels like. But then I felt another hand, and another hand, another hand. And the next thing I knew was uh, all the youth was praying around me. Your youngest, Jaylee, was standing right in front of me with that big grin she's got. And she saw that I was crying, and she reached down and she hugged me. And you know, what's a hug? It's a lot. It's a lot. You know, it's a lot. You know, and uh, I've been walking around these altars this morning, it just come to thought that you know, there's not very many of these left in churches anymore. But it's a very good place to leave something. Uh, matter of fact, a lot of churches don't have altar calls anymore either. And I'm glad we do. And that's what we're fixing to do. But here's what I'm going to ask you. I'm going to pray here in just a minute. And when I say amen, if you've got a burden, if you've got a problem, whatever you have, I want you to bring it right here. Because if you wait, Satan's going to give you 20 reasons why you should stay right where you're at. So don't think about it. Just when I say amen, just come out and come down here. There will be someone down here waiting for you. If you need to talk to someone, there will be someone down here. And if there's not, you come up here and get me and I'll talk to you. Alright, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just love you. I thank you for your son who you sent to die on the cross for me, Father. Father, I thank you for camp this week. Father, I thank you for the amazing blessings that you've given us. Father, I pray that uh, if there's one here today with uh, a need, Father, that, Father, they'll know to come right here at these altars, Father, where they can that burden down and find the need in their life, Father. Whatever it may be, Father, I just uh, love you and I thank you and I praise you and I, I just, Father, I just thank you for giving me the boldness to stand here today and, and preach your word, Father. And I'll pray this in your precious Son's name. Amen. Thank you, Father.